I always knew it would be a juggle. I always knew that it wasn't going to be perfect. And quite honestly, there were a lot of times that I was taking it hour by hour instead of day by day, just because anything could really be thrown at you. Welcome to Work Like a Mother, sharing real conversations with inspiring women juggling work, life, and motherhood. I'm Bridget Garsh, co-founder of Neighbor Schools, and today I'm so excited to chat with Janelle Mangianti. She manages a team of 150 as the service line director of the Department of Surgery, is a mom of four, and just added a new puppy into the mix. Well, welcome, Janelle. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really excited to have you. Excited. I was waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on a Friday afternoon. We appreciate you making, making the time to, to spend with us. Absolutely. And you have spent most of your career in healthcare. I know you're at the office now. What sparked that interest in healthcare? Well, I can tell you that it's, it's more of where I'm comfortable more than I had a burning desire to be in healthcare. I can tell you that that certainly wasn't the case. I kind of just stumbled into this career when I lived in New York City. Um, you know, you need a job to survive. And so while I was in college out there, I picked up an internship and kind of just got stuck in here ever since. So no, there was never a burning desire to be in healthcare. And it just, it's a place where I've been able to really thrive and grow in my career. So, and it's worked out very well for us. Um, That's why I'm here. And you have really grown and increased your responsibility throughout your career. And you have a pretty big role now can yeah. you share a little bit about what that day-to-day role looks like? Yeah. These days, it could look like so many different things. So I am the uh, service line director for the Department of Surgery, Orthopedics, and Cardiology at the Boston Metro Hospital. And I would say day-to-day, I mean, anything can be thrown at us at this point, you know, with COVID and all of that. So, um wake up very early in the morning, feed all the kids and get them settled and then head out the door for my hour long commute. It's not fun, but I get to the office and then I actually start a huddle with my team, my management team. And then we just kind of look at what does our day look like? You know, are patients safe? Do we have any, um, any situations that we need to be aware of for the day? Is everyone here? Is everyone feeling well? Mm-hmm. What have we got? And so that's kind of how it all starts and packed back-to-back meetings and patient issues and any anything really can be thrown at you. Then I, I tend to wrap up hopefully around 5, 5.30, sometimes 6 if I can get out of here and then start my journey back home and then get to my babies. And you have four of them. I do. They're not all babies. That's true. What are are their ages? (laughs) So my oldest is 13, and then I have an eight-year-old, three going on four just this weekend, and a two-year-old at home, plus two dogs and a husband. Now, did you always know that you wanted 
a big family. Did you expect to have four children? I think I might have said it a long time ago to my mother. I probably was in my teens and I just thought four was a good number. But then as I got older I, and I had my first child, I was like, there's no way I'm going to have four. I'm done with two. I'm good. And then it just, I must have spoken it into existence <laughs> way long ago that it was just written in the stars for me. So four is the number and that's what I ended up with. That's great. And where were you working when you had your first? I know that's going back back a ways uh, to remember, but what did that very first uh, pregnancy and return to you know maternity leave and return to work look like for you? Well, my life was very different back then. I actually was married to my first husband. If you really want to know, <laughs> it was very different. And I actually was living in Florida for a short amount of time. And um, I was a young mom. I had her at 22. And, um, but I had some time in the healthcare industry. So, you know, that was a, a pretty easy thing. I actually stopped working just before I had her, left the job that I was in. And then just shortly after, about three months, um, we were living in Florida. At the, at the time, I actually had her in Florida. We were living with my mom, who has a house there. And um, we ended up coming back up to the Boston area because that's where my ex-husband was from. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I had such great connections from my time in New York, um, where I'm originally born and raised, I was able to get into the healthcare industry here fairly easily. You know, Boston is just like a mecca for right. hospitals. <laughs> and so um, I got right into a hospital here and started working. And, um, and it was hard. It was like three months after having her. It was just like to the day. And it was really, it was a challenge because I was a brand new mom and I was so young mm -hmm. leaving the baby. Uh, she luckily was able to stay with her grandmother. Um, but it was still hard um, not having any family of my own here in um, this area. So it was a bit of a challenge, but it worked out well. So in those first three months, you were going through a move, you were finding a new job, and you had this newborn all, all at once? Yeah, it was a lot of emotion you know, and being so young and not really knowing what to expect with motherhood. Like, what is that when you're 22 years old? What is mother, your baby yourself, technically? Uh, and being so far away from my mom, I think is really difficult. Yeah. So it made me grow up very quickly. What did it look like then when you did it three more times? How... How did it evolve each time? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously my situation is different now. I'm in a different relationship. So my first two kids were from my ex-husband. And then the last two, the smaller babies are from my now husband. Um, and I think it got easier mm. with each kid just because you kind of go through the motions, you know what to expect. The feeling of leaving your child when you're postpartum, I think is never that easy, mm -hmm. but mentally you're preparing yourself. You kind of know what to expect and you know, okay, like it's okay. I don't have to mourn the fact that I'm going to be away from my kid. You know, that, that piece I think gets a little easier. It's still emotional. You're still, you know, going through all of those mood swings after having a new baby. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it does get easier when you know that it's going to be okay. And I think a big piece of that is knowing that you're leaving your child in good hands and um, that's critical. Yeah. Having that, that comfort with the caregiver and knowing that you can then go to work, focus on your work and not have to worry is so, so incredibly important. Definitely. When you imagined what working motherhood would be like, what did you expect? Like, always knew it would be chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) I did, I did. But, you know, um, I always knew that I didn't want to give up work. It really is a part of me. It's part of who I am. I need to work. And it's, you know, um, it just fulfills something within me that I feel like I just, I can't give up. And, and I've had a lot of conversations with myself over the years about this, and I've had to really learn and grow. And I think as moms, we always feel so guilty about leaving our kids and making that choice to go back to work. Um, so I, it was a lot of self-teaching, but it's okay. But I always knew it would be a juggle. I always knew that it wasn't going to be perfect. And quite honestly, there were a lot of times that I was taking it hour by hour instead of day by day, just because anything could really be thrown at you. You know, when my um, oldest was in elementary school, if she got sick, uh, I had to leave work and pick her up. And that's what I mean. You know, it's, it's not perfect. So you just kind of have to take it day by day, but it's a lot of wrestling with the, idea like it's okay this is life and we're gonna get through it and it's gonna be fine and they're all going to be healthy humans at the end they're all going to be responsible adults and they're gonna see their mom working and they're gonna they're gonna know that their mom was responsible and they're gonna learn just as I learned lessons they're gonna learn those lessons it's such an interesting juxtaposition of two things because on one side at least for me I can feel so guilty in ways that you're saying whether it's leaving or not spending enough hours with them and then on the other side they've given me such inspiration in my career and in my work as you were just saying to set be a role model to set an example to in my work now with neighbor schools, make the world a better place as they grow up to hopefully have their own children someday. And it's this interesting tension between those things. How have you dealt with that, those those moments of guilt? What has been a source of strength to you at those times? Spend more time. You know, when I feel guilty, it's because I feel like I'm not getting enough time with them. And it's not so much about the quantity of time. I've learned that, you know, I can spend all the time and not really be there and be present, right? But I know that when I am with my kids and really, really focused on them, whether it's, hey, let's have movie night together as a family and leave all the electronics mm-hmm. out because I'm, you know, always on that. Um, you hear that you ping, know, ping, I, ping, and you're, 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 oh, here's an email. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
the quality of the time, right? So it's not not about the quantity. I think that's what helps me get over the the guilt is knowing that I am there and um, I'm giving them one-on-one time. That's the other thing that I feel like is really important um, is each kid needs individual time with you. And sometimes you're just like exhausted and you're just, I can't give any more. Just the simple cuddles before bedtime, mm-hmm. like the little moments, they mean everything and it, it helps. I can see how that would be challenging with four to give them individual bits of time. It's something I think about now as a mom of two and and I've only been a mom of two for a few months now. Uh, So the baby doesn't fully realize if I'm giving attention to his older brother, but I think about it a lot. How do you make sure to, to do that? How does, what were the mechanics and the logistics look like there? So each kid is so different, right? Because they're different ages. So my 13 year old does not require as much time with mom, <laughs> but you know, she would much rather be on her cell phone or her electronics and hanging I'm out sure. with her friends. And uh, so each kid needs me a little differently, but the time that I do spend with my 13 year old, it's, um, you know, a lot of conversations, Mm-hmm. And more of, you know, just trying to understand where she is right now and what's going on in her world. My eight-year-old, it's all about mom, play with me. Let's play about, you know, let's play with the dolls. And, you know, draw. she loves, she's an artist. She's a little artist. She's like my little free spirit. And she loves drawing and showing me all the things that she's, you know, um, created. And then the other two, they're so little, right? So they're, the attention that they want um, I mean, I can tell you, I have a, a, this, the youngest is a little girl. So right now she's all about dad, like doesn't even mom, nice to see you, dad, (laughs) you're the one that I want all the time. So it makes it a little easier (laughs) because she doesn't necessarily require my attention until she wants it. Uh, But we do spend a lot of time with them, like bath time, bath Mm -hmm. time is a good time to connect with them and playing with them. But so it's just a little different. It's just depends on the your child's age, I think, is they're going to need something different from you. And how much, like you're saying, bath time, even something like changing diapers can become quality time if you're really singing or engaging with with them while you're doing that. Uh, For me, it's been helpful to have those little touch points and those little moments to as you were saying, give quality, uh, and also recognize it might not, I don't have hours and hours, but I can make the time count, uh, while, yeah. while we are together. Uh, totally. Totally. And then how do you make time for yourself and your <laughs> husband? Oh boy. Um, as all the moms in America laugh <laughs> because what is that? Right. Like what time do you really get? Mm-hmm. Um, so prior to COVID, my husband and I used to have gym dates together and that was our time. And um, so we would put all the babies to bed and our gym is open 24 hours. So in pure exhaustion, <laughs> we would head to the gym at like nine o'clock at night and, uh, 
my, my oldest would be home. So, and she was, a you know, she's obviously aware and, and alert enough and the gym was just down the road. So we would just go to the gym and that's our, that's our date night. That's like the ultimate multitasking date. Like you're, (laughs) you're getting in your fitness while you're also spending quality, quality time. It helps because again, it's the, it's the small moments, right? So the car ride to the gym, when we were there, we would, you know, all right, I'll see you. You're going to the weight room and I'm going to go to the, the elliptical over here, you know, but, and then we would find each other inside the gym. Hey, how are you? You good? Okay. And then just, it, and that's just what you do. You just make it work. But I can tell you at the end of the night, we were, we would both conk out. So we, <laughs> there was not a lot of conversation happening, you know, in the bed at night or anything like that. It was just both. We were, you know, as soon as we were done with the day, we were just so exhausted that sure. we would just go right to sleep. But, and then we do try to do one or two date days, like on a Sunday uh, one of the grandmothers would come and watch the kids for, for you know, usually it's uh, late morning until um, just early evening. And we'd take trips to Newport or something and just do a quick dinner or something just to get away and just to have someone on one time that we probably would do that once or twice a month. We would try anyway. But then again, it's the guilt. It's like, oh, we're leaving the kids with the grandma and we're away from them the whole day. And it's like, all right, we really need this though. We need to get away. So much of what you're saying is resonating. Um, Today (laughs) is actually my husband and my nine year wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And so, so we realized that we have not been with one another away from children for 132 days now, because <laughs> in part we've had a newborn and part of COVID, yeah. like all of these things. Yeah. But so yeah. we made this agreement. Uh, today's the day we're, we're going off on our, on our own. And just the car ride, when you were talking about the car ride, it, yeah, we got into the car and we looked at one another and thought, we're alone. We can listen to whatever music we want. Yeah. There's no chance of, a screaming child interrupting us. We can have a conversation. And those moments felt, felt so, so precious. Uh, But how often do you find yourself getting in the car and you're like, okay, now what, (laughs) what do we do? Where do we go? Because true. And especially now, oh gosh, now it's even worse. Like where in the world would you go? Yeah. you know, where you're socially distanced enough and you don't want to, you really don't want to go anywhere, you know, where there's people. Right. Uh, so now it's, it, it was bad before when we didn't know what to do. And now it's even worse. I find for myself that I feel like I always am at the bottom of the list. And I know you shared how you and your husband stay connected. What do you do for your own self-care? <laughs> I don't know. I can't even answer that. I can tell you the exciting uh, part of the day for me is when the kids are in bed and I get to shower. <laughs> That's my time. Mm-hmm. I get, you know, sh- what, like peaceful showers or um, waking up before anyone else. Although now I have a, a puppy, I have a Bernese Mountain Dog puppy. So he's up before anyone. But um, that first cup of coffee where the house is just silent is everything. Just the silent sips of coffee <laughs> mm-hmm. mean the world. But 
I don't, I don't typically um, get to do much. I think now even more so with what's happening. Um, I used to maybe once or twice a month go out and get a mani petty, and that was like mommy time. And now, mm-hmm. mommy's not doing that right now. No, <laughs> so that's it. I don't really, I don't require a ton. I think just in my own moments alone. If I can get a trip to Target by myself, that's everything. <laughs> Sometimes I just need it, you know, grocery shopping or something just alone. Mm-hmm. That's enough. I just need a little alone time. Right. You just no need kidding. a few. Right. You need a, a few Perfect. moments where nobody is um, needing you, and it's yeah. just about about you and whether you can listen to what you want or just zone out for, <laughs> for a minute yeah. or two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I said, we, we haven't been able to go to the gym, but you know, my husband is too tired to do anything. Sometimes I'll just take a walk mm-hmm. and you just have that, like, you know, at night or whenever you can just take a walk, just take 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and just be alone. I think that to me is replenishes <laughs> me a bit. It's been lovely getting to know you a little bit more in the process. And I adore following you on Instagram. Thank you. I've been very lazy on Instagram, but I appreciate it. It's so hard. I don't know. It is so hard. It is so hard. It is so hard to, to keep up with everything. You know, um, as you guys, whoever manages your social media, you know how labor intensive it can be to mm-hmm. respond to everyone or to just the engagement piece of it is really um, takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you have a full-time job and a family it is on top of it. But I feel like that's my outlet, you know, like I really need to have something that's more creative mm-hmm. where I can um, connect with people is huge, you know, cause I do just go home and go to work and go home and go to work. So, you know, you need something. And it's also, um, your talent, so to speak, when you're trying to work with your family and showcase those authentic moments, they're not always the most cooperative uh, models or participants. So I don't, I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel like I'll think, oh, I'll get this great shot of Hudson doing X, Y, and Z. And then the moment is gone and there's, there's no photo to be taken. (laughs) But there's beauty in the real. I think showing those moments is really where you can connect with people. Mm. That's, you know, the, the real, the raw, that's where people feel like, Oh, she's, she's a real person. She's not staged all the time. And Mm. I feel like looking at people's Instagram accounts and myself included, you know, you only show the good, you only show the highlight reel is what they call it. Right. The good stuff. Sometimes showing the chaos really helps other moms feel like they're not alone. So I would definitely share those moments. It helps. Well, we end every episode with the same question. And that question is, what advice would you give to your pre-mom self? Hmm. (laughs) That's a good one. 
I think uh, my pre-mom self, I just assure her that you can certainly have it all. Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much for, for spending time with me tonight. You're such an inspiration to, uh, to me, to, to moms, I think a lot of moms. So appreciate you sharing your, your story and your journey and your words of wisdom. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Garsh, and this is Work Like a Mother. I'm excited to share another amazing Working Mama story with you next week. But before I go, I have a quick favor to ask. Please help us spread the word by giving us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way for more working moms to discover our show. We're trying to reach 200 reviews in our first two weeks and make it onto new and noteworthy, but we need your help. Thanks and have a great week.